On this week's episode of Slashers, we quarantine up with the Spook House podcast to review another movie where Tony Collette plays a mom with issues. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for a special track from our friends, Night. Every family tree. What? (laughs) This white devil trying to derail the Jake train? Every family tree hides a secret. Secrets such as this being Slasher's Podcast, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. What's up? Brian, say hello to the Spook House podcast. What's up, fuckers? We got Phil and Jason. Jason and Phil. What would your Brangelina name be? Go. Oh, man. Uh, Jill. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was almost too quick. I feel like you thought about that before. (laughs) Hey, Brian, can we get a what's up, fuck boys? (laughs) (laughs) I like to kind of throw in a little mix here and there. I don't know. I've always wanted one, man. (laughs) Give the people a good one. What's up, fuck boys? Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, guys. We're longtime fans. Likewise. I've, I've been there since the infancy of your show. I was there during the drama where another show stole your graphic and your name. I was there oh, when yeah. I made your first graphic. And I have I actually, fun fact, I wore your t-shirt and got laid over the weekend. So thanks for that, guys. Hell yeah. Oh, it's, it is a soft t-shirt. It is very Super nice. Soft. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Jake actually designed our logo. So thank you, Jake. Anytime. That's cool. We're just we're just collecting royalties. So yeah. <laughs> oh, money. you guys are getting paid. What? <laughs> the royalties of me wearing a sweet ass sex shirt and Brian getting nothing. Well, <laughs> so fellas, before we even start peddling this damn movie, I want you to peddle yourselves and tell our fans why they should be listening to the Spook House if they aren't already, even though I feel like there's a pretty tremendous amount of overlap with our awesome mutant goons from beyond. And what do you call your fans that's not a racial epithet that one show that tried to steal <sighs> your name and logo called their fans? Ryan, can you uh, figure out what that other show called their fans? Oh, boy. Yeah, no, they called them the one thing that you wouldn't want to call somebody out of Spook House fans. So you wouldn't call them houses and you wouldn't certainly call them. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Oops. And it's it a white got- dude. How fucking stupid is he? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm I just imagine, shade. you know, like in South Park with Randy Marsh where he's on the fucking show. And he's, they're like, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. People who annoy you. <laughs> Yikes. Awkward. Yes. Some guy actually told me once, he was like, your podcast name is racist. I said, you're racist for saying that. I never even thought that. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. No. Also, it's from Halloween. Thank you very much. Exactly. They were probably from California. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Californians yeah. are fucking weird and stupid right brian i mean pc patrol god so fellas sales pitch for your show give me one sentence of why you're like undeniably the best horror podcast that's not named slashers oh man because we love horror movies and we're not racist i like that's a great sales pitch that's what i need in a world where black men can't just jog that's the scary thing boy we're not from georgia did you see that a dude to like to like counter protest it some white dude jogged two miles through his neighborhood with a tv under his arm to show like 
no, no, it's not about somebody being suspicious. It's about somebody's skin color and his people. He's even waving at people. Oh, God, it's so cringy, dude. I can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, that's our tagline. There you go. (laughs) Or our pitch. It's so cringy, dude. Um, I can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if you like slashers, we're kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, it's two friends that have known each other for most of their life. Breaking down your favorite movies. Maybe not. Sometimes not. Not so good movies. Troll 2 was a bit of a slog to get through. Yeah, we have fun, but you learn a lot of shit along the way. I got to say, that's one of the things I like most about your show. So often I find with a lot of horror podcasts, it's just not informative. It's I think this, I feel that, you know, sentimental this, sentimental that, that I can't put myself in that person's perspective. But if you give me like objective facts and analytics and trivia and then pepper it in with your feelings i'm i i will i'm your ride or die homie but as soon as you start talking about your feelings flim flam not about it so that's why i like your show it's very informative and it keeps us all involved yeah we try to do our homework yeah we also talk about some news that may have happened throughout the week and some other stuff we may have watched also yeah it's usually jason being like i watched everything that's ever been posted on tubi and phil being like how (laughs) now i'm working from home so pretty much every morning when i start my my work from home i was like all right what's some weird slasher that i've not seen i watched spookies for the first time actually (laughs) hey there's our fan name spookies Spookies. it's a fucking mess you ever heard of like uh zombie mummies farting for five minutes straight yeah i've watched reviews of that film but i've never been bold enough to actually watch it because i'm like don't encourage him jake please yeah right you don't want to get on this road right now (laughs) I, i believe one of Phil's aphorisms that I enjoy is you don't want this smoke. Is that an appropriate use of the nomenclature? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, I think I probably you said that. Smoke, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's a good one. It's fairly common speak. Yeah, around here. Anyway. Or you don't, you don't want to catch a country ass. <laughs> okay, Stone Cold wow. Steve Austin, calm it down. <laughs> No. Yeah, we say all sorts of stupid shit. Never have I been told in my entire life that I have an accent more than when I started a podcast. (laughs) I can imagine, yeah. You know what you guys should do is you should make shirts, you know, a second batch of shirts. And I'll make the logo for you. It'll say Spook House 316. Jason just accented your ass. (laughs) No, that actually works. That actually works a whole lot. That's a good idea, actually. I dig it. We actually, I remember I was joking about, I should get my dad, who you think I have a bad accent. I should just call him. But hey, what do you think of this movie we watched this week? And Uh, nobody will understand anything he says at all. So he's similar. Yes. He's Boomhauer. He's not quite Boomhauer, but he's he's pretty bad. <laughs> or good, depending on the way you're viewing it, right? Yeah, very, very much, yes. God dang it, Boomhauer. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask, guys, what movie are we reviewing this week? Hereditary. Uh, the feel-good story of 2018, I believe, when this one came out. Yes. Such a party. I mean, this yeah. movie, just it's just a breeze to watch. You don't feel... I didn't feel like I had to bathe for three days after I watched it. Let me tell you, it's just you feel <laughs> clean and loved and happy, right? I definitely feel like it was a good call on maybe skipping Mother's Day on watching this. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little behind the scenes, we almost started recording this on Mother's Day, which would have been now unsavory. Perfect. I think it's full hilarious is how everybody was talking back and forth on when they wanted to do it and they're like yeah Sunday works and I'm like looking at the calendar I'm like no no that's not gonna work guys <laughs> yeah. 
That was a good call. And I realized halfway through the movie, I was like, I'm watching this movie and it's Mother's Day. This is not the most uh, appropriate movie to be watching for that. Seriously. Or is it? Yeah. Well, hey, maybe it is. It could be for some folks. We could have just so, watched the horror movie Mother's Day. That would have been a really good one, too. Although that one's got some uh, some pretty tricky issues these days. Eee. So who, who saw this <laughs> yeah. in theaters out of the four of us? I did. I saw it. Same here. I saw Jake. Tag instead. Oh, knowing it would be bad. It's no, Ooh. I knew it would be bad, but my wife does not horror. And so the idea of taking her to see this movie was never going to happen. So I settled, but that was probably a good idea on your yeah, part. For no. sure. Yeah. Cause we had a two month old when this came out. So last thing I yeah. want is her dousing the baby in lighter fluid dog. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lighter fluid is probably a little better than paint thinner, but you know, did I just get um actually yeah. on my own show? <laughs> <laughs> it never happens. Come on. Let's just, I mean, I'll be editing it. So you'll be able to delete there. it, right? I'm going to edit your edit just to make absolutely sure I don't look <laughs> like a buffoon. Funny is, is every time I'm done editing, I'm like, all right, Jake, let me know what you think. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, well, let me just go ahead and delete this. Yeah. <laughs> so the shall I get on the statistics for this week? Let's do it. Made on a budget of $10 million, it grossed a whopping $80.2 million, 44.1 of which came from the United States and Canada. So right. yeah. public health care and good taste in movies, I guess. Yeah. Wasn't this A24's highest gross to date? That is I correct. Think. Yeah. Even more than Midsummer? No, I, I guess I should say when this was released. Yeah, that's really. what to date. Oh, I got okay. you. I, I understood Brian to say to date as in June 8th, 2018, not of course January 21st 2018 when it debuted at Sundance obviously as we all know off the top of our heads right <laughs> obviously yeah, absolutely. obviously yes which is also a rough cut they didn't have everything quite done yet from what i understand god apparently the unedited was like 3 hours long i couldn't imagine sitting through that i really cut. want to see that actually yeah. apparently apparently most of it was like family drama stuff like the dinner scene stretched out and stuff like that yeah. which for me that the uh, supernatural stuff while it was very effective and cool like the reason this movie kind of shook me so much was a lot of the family drama stuff that was just a little too real in part <laughs> so I kind of want to see like the full cut of that yeah it just seemed like okay. it was maybe going to be like a Quentin Tarantino horror film just all dialogue you know what oh, I mean yeah <laughs> Which I could totally get down with. Phil, did you watch the extended cut of Midsummer? I did not, but a good friend of mine whose opinion I respect, he was not a huge fan of Midsummer like myself, but he said upon rewatch that he enjoyed it a lot more. So I'm like, well, maybe I need to give it a rewatch at some point. Had he taken shrooms the second time you watched it? <laughs> I don't think so. Interesting. <laughs> so, Jake, did you watch the later one? The whatever the, oh, the, the extended fuck no I don't have time for that shit did you I don't know like midsummer I feel like I feel like me and you could probably sit down and watch it again and just have like our own opinion on it without like the significant others yeah our women folk <laughs> were judging us hard when we all went to see midsummer it was kind of weird but like it's one of, I described it like you know a vaccination where you're like eh, it's not necessarily enjoyable but I'm glad to have seen it 
And like, yeah, definitely yeah. more so with Midsummer than this movie because I've seen enough movies that overlap with this movie to where I'm like, okay, family drama. Like, it's well done, but it's just it's not as exploratory. Whereas with Midsummer, it's like even the stuff I didn't like, I was in- interested by. That if I can make that distinction. Yeah, at no point in Midsummer did I feel bored, but yeah. towards the end, I was like, okay, this is kind of going nowhere, and this looks cool. It's visually interesting, but when I left the theater, I was like, okay. I feel like I I enjoyed the score of midsummer yeah. midsummer more than the actual like plot and storyline itself i thought it was fucking amazing and it was beautiful as shit and i really like the idea of like a horror film in quotation set in a really bright and colorful very different scenario whereas this i mean it had very similar i mean jesus christ we had just done krampus with tony collette and i was like oh it's a bunch of people yelling at each other at a dinner table and then i saw this and i was like oh it's a bunch of people yelling and then i remembered knives out and i was like oh it's a bunch of people yelling at each other in a house i can't afford fuck well, those first two movies were good. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like Knives Out. Okay, get over it, Phil. How? How? I don't get the hype. Oh, my God, Jake. You, I you... fucking hate that movie. I was like, thank you. Hercule Poirot is spinning over in his imaginary grave thinking of that. Oh, man. It had so many people I liked, too. Like, objectively, yeah. I liked everybody in that movie. And then you put them together. It, it's like this. Sonic the Hedgehog is cool, right? Sure. I haven't seen it yet. Well, no, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the the age-old character from Sega Genesis. So we love Sonic. We also love tits, right? Tits are cool. Cool. You put tits on Sonic, it's not as cool. And that's the problem I had with Knives Out. Okay. Okay. That's a, you know what? I understand and respect that metaphor you just made. (laughs) Do you also have an erection? Uh, Well, you know, it's a weird one, but sure. I haven't seen Knives Out, but I I don't know. Just looking at the cast itself, I feel like it almost could have been like a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost film. I think I'd like it more if it was. Yeah. It would have been funnier, that's for sure. Well, people keep calling it a whodunit, and it's not a whodunit because you know who did it 20 minutes into it. And it's like, oh, this is exactly what happened. Now let's watch this boring fucking actress for the rest of the movie stumble around. I don't get it. I don't get the hype. She's a new Bond girl. That's sad. Do you think she's going to throw up on Daniel Craig? Oh, again? (laughs) Yeah, right. Wait, wait. So are they having James Bond be a girl now? Is that what's happening? No, she's his like, she. he's going to sling his dick inside her vagina hole and they're going to be playing some sensual music. So you mean that as a Bond girl? Because I know there's been talks about people like female lead role in James Bond. And I'm like, "Ah, yeah. And they they really, I mean, a lot of people like petition hard for Idris Elba to be the next Bond, but that's not going to happen. I don't think ever. I'm into it. I don't know. I mean, I would be down. I mean, he's good. He's pretty awesome. But I don't think anybody really got behind it like Hollywood. Hon- honestly, I feel like after the Ghostbusters fucking finagle with <laughs> uh, the all-female cast not talking shit on women because they can act and fucking act their hearts out. But I don't know. Doing the whole remake and... It's the style of comedy, movie. too. Yeah, I don't know. The style doesn't work for... I mean, you can't do Bridesmaids Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is a different thing. Like, it's the same thing. Like, if you put Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in a Bridesmaids remake, it wouldn't work. And so it has nothing to do, I don't think, necessarily with gender. It's like just different styles of comedy, you know? It'd be like making you know Jason Voorhees into a psychological thriller instead of a slasher movie. It's like, yeah, I guess they're in the same hemisphere, but they're wholly <laughs> distinct. And it's, yeah, I'm not digging it. 
Have you seen Jason Goes to Hell? Okay, I'm hey, stop you right there. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's still not the worst in the series because Jason Takes Manhattan is a bucket of shit on fire, and the you know, one where hey, he fights Jean Grey pisses me off. Why haven't they had? The, why haven't they had a Jason Voorhees musical? Is what I want to know. Because he doesn't say anything. <laughs> but I mean, they could have it like all about his life and everything, and he just like hacks up people and stuff. I mean, I'd see it <laughs> with your chi 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 and your ka 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 walking through the forest. Is it chi chi? <laughs> it would probably be better than the Spider-Man musical. Oh, turn off the dark. Yeah, with the Edge from U2. And Bono. Oh, and Bono. Oh, yeah. That's awful. The, I've, I have watched multiple documentaries on that bucket of shit on fire where like the producer died as they were going to sign the contract and nobody was like, hey, this is a bad omen. This is this it, is not good. <laughs> and how many people got almost... How many other people almost died in that thing? Like seven or eight people? Oh, tons of broken bones and uh, just a calamity. Speaking of calamities, this movie... Went relatively unopposed in the horror market. There's a bunch of other bullshit movies that came out. The closest one I could find was Possum, which came out on June 25th of 2018, which is fine. So there you go. Never heard of it. Possum? Yep. It's Is it about a giant possum eating that, people? It's a thing in a box. You could yeah, if you look at it's on shutter, it's fine. Okay. Nothing gonna go. change the world, but that's there's no competition. I, I could I don't even know if that actually had a theatrical release now that I put it in my notes. I'm like, wait a second, was that just direct? <laughs> hey, so I'm pretty sure this is a true fact. I'm like ninety percent sure that Halloween twenty eighteen came out the day the trailer for Hereditary was released. Speaking of the trailer for this film, did you guys see that in Australia they accidentally screened it for a bunch of children who are going to be watching a film and scarred them? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. that. They're great. like, ah, and it's funny because it feels like it's definitely an Australian thing, right? It doesn't sound <laughs> out of character for that to happen in Australia. Yeah, well, everything else there is, is there to kill you anyway. So you might as well go to the movies and expect something like that that to happen too. Seriously, dude. I met orb weavers while I was in Australia. They're Ooh. giant spiders. Like, I have pretty decent sized hands for a guy with a tiny ass dick. And that spider is bigger than my hand. <laughs> and its its web is like fishing line. It's so twangy and like dense. And that's just one of like 10 species I saw that could kill me on my walking path. <laughs> Shit. So speaking of the trailer, like, was this movie spoiled for you or Brian? Did you know like, oh, the little girl dies? And... No, 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 no. Oh, really? So, uh, so you had no right. idea? I had no idea. Yeah. The entire time, like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to be like a pivotal character within the film. And I mean... In a way, she still is, mm -hmm. but I thought she would be in it a lot longer than she was. Yeah, uh, just based off the trailers, and that's that's yeah. amazing that they did that, right? And I, it's kind of cool that they included the clicking sound throughout the film, even though she wasn't actually in the movie, right? No. Yeah. What's interesting is the director very definitively said that is a tick that the demon has, not that she has, so that it passes from the demon to her to Peter. So it's not as because a lot of people just dismiss her as being autistic and he never uses the word autistic from what I saw because he's not talking about her being autistic he's talking about her being possessed from infancy so she's just a non-person because she's just you know a, a vessel mm -hmm. okay so it. I so I have a question then I mean this is maybe jumping ahead because this is what I usually fucking do so they talk about her and the grandma wanting her to be a boy I always figured, at least when I was watching this, obviously, earlier today, that she was younger than Peter. 
but this implies that she is older than Peter. No, she's right? she's younger than Peter. The the distinction is that Tony Collette's character wouldn't let the mom near Peter. And so she said that when the daughter was born, that that's when she let her have it. You know, and that's why And that's why the grandma wanted her to be a boy so she can be closer to being able to help. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Help Charlie go into becoming fucking pay payment. Payment. P A I M O N. Yeah. And then she can ride a fucking camel and have feminine features, but also be masculine. Did you guys do any of the research on payment? It's kind of no, crazy. A little bit. I, I, I meant to. I looked a little bit, but I didn't do a whole lot. A whole lot. So, bit. like, yeah. Alistair Crowley, like, fucking has, like, legit drawings about him, like, summoning payment and okay. all of the crazy shit that happens with that. So, I think it's kind of neat. All I ever had to do to summon payment was put a quarter in an arcade machine, and then there'd be a bunch of ghosts <laughs> chasing me, and I'd be eating fruit. It was awesome. That's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> So I know that the drawings of Payman, he's like riding a horse and carrying a, a satchel with three severed heads in it. And there's three beheadings in the movie. Oh, that's right. Nice. Right. And so that has to do with uh, Hindu beliefs when it comes mm-hmm. to I, I forget which God it was who one of them cuts off their head and offers it offers the blood to the starving people and they drink from that and they become, you know, it, like which was Tony gives them she cuts off her own head and right. gives them substance and then another uh, gets their head cut off and that was as a sacrifice which is probably going to be Charlie and yeah. then okay. and then there's one more which is the father what the fuck was his name and he he's headless also so they don't really show like the head getting decapitated but you know when it shows Peter see him all charred up in the in the living room he doesn't have a head. No, that was oh, the oh, grandma. Yeah, the that grandma was the grandma was in the attic. Uh, I, don't, the, I don't think the I don't think the husband had a head either, though. No, I thought he just got burned alive. No, it's which the I three have women about that. Yeah, it's oh okay okay. He's just melted. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And another cool detail that I really liked. So whenever Peter's in the classroom and he does that thing where he sticks his arm straight up and his like wrist is all contorted, that's like a representation of the staff that Payman carries. It's like oh alien. interesting. Interesting. So at the very end of the movie, when uh, you see the payment statue thing in the treehouse, it has the staff like with the hand symbol on it. So that was uh, another that's cool pretty cool. Detail. I like that. I like that. One of the other things that I actually read on was how the actor that portrayed Peter, he wanted to actually slam his head into the desk, like <laughs> legit do it. And they're like, oh, well, hold on. Let's yeah, see Aria. what we can do. <laughs> and they're, they convinced him that, you know, we'll use some padding or whatnot. So he slammed his head down thinking that it was like all padded and whatnot, but it was only like two or three inches thick of padding. And then it was like legit hardwood. And he dislocated his jaw as nice. he slammed his face into it. And they still used it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks really good. You look like a fucking demon. And he was <laughs> flailing so hard, he actually busted his kneecap and started bleeding under his pants. Shit. Yeah, Diggity. I love that scene. There's so many creepy, unsettling moments in this movie. I'll say it. I was shook, man. I was <laughs> fucking shook. Because I saw this in theaters knowing nothing. Like, I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, that looks really cool. Let me go watch this. I was not expecting a lot of the shit in this movie. So Yeah, I think we'll 
add that to the tag on this hashtag shook. <laughs> hashtag shook. <laughs> yeah, the kid actually wanted to jump out of the attic window too. And they're like, no, you're not fucking evil Knievel or Jackie Chan. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I like how he's just like this, like, okay, well, I'm this young actor who is like very thespian and I'm just I'm, I'm going, going to very... stay in character the entire time and you will only exactly. refer to He's me like, as Peter I'm a method actor I don't know if you've ever heard of me I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio but <laughs> I just got off the set of a Nickelodeon TV show series I'm ready to get out into the world and do my art seriously dude right? like, if this guy had the same fucking method acting going into Jumanji 2 that would be a very tough day <laughs> Was he in Jumanji? He was in the yeah. He was in the Jumanji. Yeah, he is, he's yeah. the kid who becomes the Rock. I think he is in the upcoming Jumanji also. So I want to be the Rock. What did I just say that? <laughs> I want to be inside the Rock. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the movie was an hour and 27 minutes long. I'm going to be honest. This could be 40 minutes shorter in my opinion. I understand why people are like, "Yep." I just it never got my dick hard the entire time. I'm like. Ah, wait it was an hour and 20 so it's how many minutes i want to say two hours two two hours hours, dude yeah it's like two hours i think it's like 127 minutes what did i say an hour and 27 minutes oh yeah (laughs) i'm like one is very different from the other (laughs) exactly it is 127 minutes our you know i have the attention span of a goldfish and so i was thinking guys guys hold on hold on hold on i just i'm actually jake again it was a freudian slip because i wanted the movie the point i was making is that i wanted it to be shorter because it was so goddamn long so jake i'm kind of sensing that you aren't a huge fan i didn't like necessarily dislike it but i just it never got me interested like i was just always kind of like eh like i just watched underwater with Kristen stewart in my opinion undeniably a better movie than this Yeah, I, I haven't seen I mean, that. So. I think she I like, pretty good, though. I like her haircut. Well, I also really love Alien, and it's basically just Alien underwater. And like this is just, like, it's not bad by any stretch of the means. It's just like everything was just like nothing made me feel good. And so it's like I can watch a slasher, and I like I like to root for the people to die. You know, I like doing that. But I didn't want anybody to. I don't want the special girl to die. I don't want the dad who's looking out for his kids' well being to self-immolate by proxy like it's all just very everybody was a victim i guess it's kind of why i wasn't like overly dick chubbed about it how i feel about this movie is now that i've seen this after i saw midsummer i enjoy this if i were to see this before midsummer I would be a little like morose about it, right? But then Midsummer, you're just like, oh God, I don't know. I felt like Midsummer was a lot more depressing. So watching this after the fact, I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> Wait, really? I felt like Midsummer was way easier to digest than this movie. This movie was like, maybe it's just too close to home and I have a fucked up childhood. But I was like, stop yelling. <laughs> Mom and dad, stop yelling. I, don't know, I feel like Midsummer had kind of a happier ending, if that makes any sense. Like it's a downer ending, but it kind of, you get the, the happiness where she kind of found her family at the very end, sort of, you yeah, know, like a and juggalo. This like, and this was like, okay, apocalypse, basically. Like, I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the end credits, like music, like is perfect as a transition into Midsummer. Judy Collins. <laughs> it's like super upbeat, and like you're just like, yeah. oh, this is so nice and pleasant. And then you go into Midsummer, and it's beautiful scenery everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I don't know if you guys noticed this shot at the very end of Hereditary. This is how fucking dark this movie is. After Peter jumps out of the window and his payment enters his body, there's a quick shot of the dog dead on the ground. It didn't yep. need to be there, but Ari Aster was like, you know what? Fuck you. The dog's dead, too. <laughs> See, well, that's what I mean. Like, honest, honestly, <laughs> if you think about it, anytime there's like a cute dog in any kind of horror movie, yeah. it's going to die. And it's like Michelle is always keen on pointing that out. Anytime there's like a cute beagle or something, she's like, oh, its head's getting ripped off. I know it. <laughs> he does even a website called Does the Dog Die? Where you can just like look in the movie and it'll tell you if the dog dies or not. Oh, that's yeah, perfect. <laughs> I mean, man's best friend. It's an easy way to tug on your emotions, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this one's like such a cheap way to get it because it just it doesn't need to be there. It does nothing for the movie at all. It doesn't serve. Although a plot. I mean, it, be a, it just it's just an easy way to get everybody emotional. Don't get me wrong, though. It was a super easy way of doing it, in that yeah. they just show a dead dog. <laughs> like I don't need to hear like a dog suffering or like a dog getting stabbed or hung or anything like that. Right? It was just a dead dog and i'm like oh well yeah that's sad but it was a lot easier than other things there's almost like one more log on the fire exactly you know? <laughs> like the movie is very effective but it's not necessarily enjoyable right and so ari aster basically makes a name for himself when he's going to the american film institute when he makes the strange thing about the johnsons which is about yeah. a son who molests his dad then he follows that up with Munchausen's, which is about a mom who poisons her kid so he can't go off to college. And so you could see, like, this dude is a juggalo through and through because it's about family. Whoop, whoop. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Jake, did you see all the short films? No, I can't. I don't. I, anything that does the the uh, the rapey stuff, I'm not going to watch it if I know in advance. The Johnson's one. That was, man, that's so fucked up. Yeah, I watched that one. Like, It'll, it'll stick with it's you. It's good. It's uh, objectively good. Like everything's shot and acted well, but it makes you feel very uneasy. And yeah. Why though? Like we should be celebrating. Like I'm the, I'm like such a party bro when it comes to horror. I'm like, woo, let's have fun. And then when these movies happen <laughs> that actually disturb me, I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe we should have done a podcast about <laughs> basket weaving, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so can you look at hereditary? Like you know, take how it made you feel out of the equation and be like, okay, well, it was shot, shot well, acting. Oh, it's story, a masterpiece like, in that in that capacity. Okay. There's no question okay. there. It's just like not my cup of tea. You know, I've often given okay. this, I, I don't know, Brian, stop me if I've already done this analogy on the show, but whenever I have some friend who's being a mopey bitch about like a woman not liking him or a woman not liking a woman, I'm not trying to be gender or sex bias, whatever. If you're worried that people don't like you, take this to heart. Phil, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh man, uh, I'll go. I'll go vanilla because you put me on the spot. Ew! What you, you yeah, generic white person, Jason? What's exactly. your favorite ice cream? I was like, wait, didn't they say they weren't racist? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, French vanilla for me, okay? Oh, so, uh, awesome. Wow. Uh, cookie, uh, I like a cookie dough ice cream. Okay, perfect. Cookie dough. So here we go. All things that have white in it. Oh, wow. What's your point, Brian? <laughs> it's all right. I'll edit this out. We're good. <laughs> no, you it's won't. fine. So, We're both horribly racist. Let it be open. I'm kidding. We're I, proud boys over here. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's hey, go. Hey, Jake, can you edit a rebel flag in our logo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll start this over. Jake, I'm going to ask that question one more time. <laughs> so, Flying Brian, what's your favorite ice cream? I like I like mint and chip. Perfect. So, mint chip. Let's say <laughs> I have the world's best 
cookies and cream ice cream. Objectively the best. Award-winning fucking aliens come down and say, this is the best cookies and cream ice or cookie dough ice cream that's ever existed. And I go to offer it to you and you're like, okay, that's nice, but it's not mint chocolate chip. Like I'd rather have Thrifty's mint chocolate chip than the world's greatest of something I don't like. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the cookie dough ice cream or whatever ice cream I'm using as my example now, because it's just not your preference. It's the same thing. This movie is like a stellar bit of some ice cream. I'm just like, nah, I'd rather watch some fucking zombie get struck by lightning and come to life and rip some kid's heart out and Tommy Jarvis runs away. Okay. That's a good time. That's a good time. So I like this movie, but it's not my chud. And I feel um, like Jake is just like, you can shut the fuck up now. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. That, by the way. What? It's not my chud, but I like that. <laughs> I like this movie. It's not my chud. But it's not my chud, but I mean. That's a little close to home, Brian, because chud is one of my favorites. Well, but like, yeah, well. <laughs> to Phil's point, like, it's obviously beautiful. Like Ari Aster actually had 75 pages of shots he wanted to do before they even had a location. Like, clearly, the dude, it, it was a very deliberate and well thought out and well researched. And I enjoy those elements of it. Like, if I wasn't doing it for the show, I would I would not have enjoyed this movie as much. But when I have the analytics to break down and, you know, seeing how the sausage is made, it's a really fun movie in that way. Yeah. It's very showy and sparse. Uh, you know, like the camera's always moving. Yeah. You know, it's always, if anybody's got any kind of monologue, it's going to zoom in and zoom out. Scenes go on forever between cuts and edits. I was like, you know, some of these... You know, you let it breathe a little bit. I guess he lets it breathe a little too much. It almost feels like another senior thesis or whatever to me in spots. Yeah, for sure. It's very artsy in that way. Yeah. Which, to your point, like, I understand the concept of letting it breathe. I think this movie could deal with a touch. If if you added little, like, demonic visual disturbances and stuff when it's those long panning shots, just like a scuttling sound in the background or something to add, like, some, you know, supernatural element, I'd be way more into it. Because, like, with Invisible Man, I don't think I would have given a shit about that movie if it wasn't for the fact that I was afraid I'd miss something. So I didn't touch my phone the whole time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch every, you know, the four corners of this screen are in my purview right now. I'm going to see everything. And if this movie kind of did some of those same things, like you could see like the face of payment in the portrait in the background or something like that, I think I'd have a much chubbier dick oh, for it. Well, they did. I don't know. I got to send you some, uh, you know, like those YouTube breakdown videos, like oh, yeah. all the details you missed. This movie is like full of those. Like in every little scene, like there's some sort of uh, like something in the background that means something. And it's- which I, I'm sure some of the stuff they cut out probably had some information on what those words actually meant that were inscribed on the wall instead of just like random words that you're just like, huh, that almost sounds Latin or something. So I'm assuming it's kind of something satanic, right? Yeah, and Ari Aster was actually talking about like, so in his mind, there were other words that were also scrawled that you're never even seeing. So I'm like, well, then you're adding something that you're not informing your audience of as they're watching it. So you can't do that because like that'd be like me going to Ernest Saves Christmas and be like, oh, well, he's an FBI agent. And people are like, no, nothing on the screen said that he was an FBI agent. And I go, well, no, he is. You see what I mean? Or J.K. Rowling saying that Domador is actually gay the entire time after Super the series gay. is completely done. Sucking 10 dicks at a time. <laughs> wow. I mean, is it gay if he creates a spell with all the dicks? Or I That's mean, more masturbatory. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Expect to erect them. I don't know. Can we go back to that Ernest reference? I really respected that. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> I'm all about it. Jim Varney is the fucking man. My daughter has been obsessed with Toy Story, and I there's a noticeable lack of quality in Slinky Dog after he passed away. 
That's true. You know, but didn't that was he in Toy Story four? Does it have the Slinky Dog at all in Toy Story four? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, he is, but I don't think he really has okay. many speaking parts or anything. I mean, honestly, I feel like they said they probably have so much of his voice saved over they they could just fucking edit and chop things together and just have him in like a million Toy Stories. Oh, pull a Carrie Fisher and be like, Disney. never doubt what a, what does she do in the Rise of Skywalker? He's like, never doubt the abilities of a droid. And you're like, that's the profound shit you're leaving this character with. She couldn't have just killed a bunch of people with ramming a spaceship. No, we have to do this instead. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they pan away from her like a big tight on her screen like, oh yeah, we all know she's actually dead now. There we go. The Ari Aster, he originally wrote the script and it was just drama. And it wasn't until after that he started adding the more incorporeal elements and whatnot. And he based a lot of it off of a 2005 incident in Marietta, Georgia. Have you all heard of this? John oh Kemper Hutcherson accidentally decapitated his friend Frankie Brom yes. on a telephone pole. Because that's the thing where I'm like, man, that's that's some hokey shit. Like, how, like, how are they going to plan that happening? That, that's such a one-off. And then I'm like, oh, wait, what? This is the real th- this is the real thing Gee. yeah Apparently you're, you're more likely to believe drunk. something off of some random horror fucking movie than something that's created off of an actual event right yeah yeah apparently they were like both just super drunk and the guy was so wasted he didn't even know his friend like, like smacked the pole and he just like drove home and passed out yeah and then the Crazy fucked shit. up thing with that is somebody found him while walking their toddler around the neighborhood oh my god jeez wow yeah uh so you know stuff did you guys catch you- the, the sixth sense reference in the architecture of the house no no there's a red doorknob Ooh. oh i thought you meant that tony collette was inside the house she was that is a good point <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this in our group chat like i just want that late i want to watch a movie where she goes and gets her nails did and just like smiles on a park bench because her every fucking movie she's in it's like oh god it's just so sad that your life is so vapid or like awful like she deserves one where it's just like things are cool she was kind of that knives out, I guess. Well, she's going to lose Shame all of her money and she's going to have to resort to sucking dicks on the highway to put yeah. her kid through college. Yeah, she turned into like one of the worst ones. Yeah. But I'll pay attention to that next time when I never rewatch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Music by Colin Stetson. Stetson has done a bunch of shit. He played with Tom Waits, you know, that charming actor from Mystery Men who was the basis yes. for Heath Ledger's Joker, who is just a very interesting person and the worst singer ever. Jason loves Tom Waits. Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> Dude, Fuck you, Jake. If I Your w- variation is one of the greatest albums of all time. Lyrics, great. Music, great. Vocals, like that of Sweetums from the Muppets, what are we listening to? It does sound like somebody soaking a cigar in scotch, but that's why it works, because it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, fuck, the ugly dog competition, where it's like the uglier the dog is, the cuter it is, right? Yes, exactly. Hosted by somebody who was on MITV 30 years ago. It's perfect. We love it. By the way, Mystery Men, great movie. Oh, Shout out to Mystery Men. Unsung classic. Truly. Also based on a comic that it has nothing to do with. Okay. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Flaming Carrot crossed over. Huh. I did not know that. Let me double check it because your look of perplexion made me wonder if maybe I misspoke. Flaming Carrot Mystery. I, I don't. Not after Brian corrected <laughs> me. How many times this episode, Brian? Oh, yes, actually. It was fl- <laughs> Flaming Carrot Comics. Not that kind of flaming, Brian. Let's move on. Did you know that Mr. Stetson... <laughs> yeah. Stetson for men, am I right? Spritz, spritz. <laughs> he did music for 12 Years a Slave, Red Dead Redemption 2, and The Color of Space. 
Oh yeah, and he also played in Arcade Fire and Bonavere and other indie bands. I'm gonna pretend I listened to to sound Feist cool. Feist hey, and man, Lou they're Reed. Records. <laughs> Arcade Records, you know. So, Arcade Fire, they're all merged records here in Durham. Oh, okay. Sinead <laughs> O'Connor, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Okay, so he has. I actually listened to some of his solo material. It's very moody and kind of dark. And then I think Ari Esther said that he was listening to a lot of his music when he was writing the script, which kind of makes sense. Oh, perfect sense, yeah. And now the makeup was done by one Steve Newburn, and he actually talked about the decapitation was toned down significantly, was the exact quote. They had built puppets for the head to get ripped off to, and blood was literally like planned to spritz in every direction as it was done. And they shot it, and then they're like, ooh, probably not a good idea, and less is more. But then it's like midsummer, the next one, it's like, we're going to cross this fucker's head with a hammer. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go pull on four on this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, there should have been a metal band playing by that cliff in midsummer. I love should it so metal. much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the scene with the hammer. Like I've been recently playing uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and I just unlocked the hammer. And when I'm hitting people with it, I'm like, "Yeah, take that, you fucking turtle!" Imagining that I'm <laughs> crushing the skull of an old person who's putting themselves out to pasture. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't quite die from a cliff jump. Exactly. Oh, dude, that was even worse than the hammer smash. <laughs> so, Brian, are you ready for nicknames? Dick names. Sick joke, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Quick it. names. Tony Collette was Annie Graham, the miniature artist. Uh, she's like we'd already talked about in every sad thing ever. I was going to call her milk mom. I'd like to cuddle just because I feel like <laughs> I need to console her for having such a sad, shitty existence. Well, I before we move on from Tony Collette, can we all agree that she deserves some sort of nomination or something for this role? Because she fucking crushed it. I thought she's the best one for sure. This is a one woman yeah. tour de force because like the other actors, I'll say this kind of went to the school of acting where it's like the louder I am and the more crying I am, the better my acting is. And I'm like, no, that's not necessarily that work. But she did a really good job of evoking emotion and feeling when she was going up. And that's where it's like, yes, that's the point that you need to do. You don't just yell. I know all about yelling because I never shut the fuck up. It's about <laughs> evoking. That's the important part. Yeah. And what fun I fact about that, Jamie Lee Curtis actually beat out Tony Collette that year for the Saturn Award for Halloween 2018. Oh. And I disagree. Come on. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Like, Do as I say. Wow. How about no, Jamie? Yeah. Give that award to Tony. That's like a career, you know, like. What I really liked about Tony Klutz's performance in this film is how she was really selling the fact that you're not really sure if it's mental illness or if it's her being possessed by a demon. 100%. Right? It's And, and that plays into, the, obviously, the name of the film with Hereditary. So is it something that's passed on through generations of her mother having mental illness, or is it something else more ominous? Yeah, this is where you'd like Gabriel Byrne's character to have more presence, because it's not until like the very end that he's like, okay, shit's too weird, just stop. <laughs> you kind of wish that he would do that more throughout, to add more credence to the point you're making, where it's like, is it that she's crazy, or is it that the crazy things are happening? Yeah, you yeah, she God, when does she like turn that corner where you see you see her like transform? It's like, oh, she's fucking possessed now. Well, that was that after he burned alive. 
I want to say it was probably when she tried to burn it herself and she saw that she was catching fire. And then you're like, okay, well, this is clearly something else going on, right? Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah. I mean, at the same time, that's also like, well, is it something that she's just imagining happening? Because I'm sorry, if my arm is on fire, it's not going to take like 15 mm-hmm. seconds for me to be like, huh, my arm's on fire. That's weird. Yeah, with your <laughs> yeah, husband she- in the same room and not stirring at all. Yeah, and she just shows up in Peter's bedroom, like right before that whole thing start, starts. So she's like, don't tell any of this to your father. Okay. You did not just see your sister in the corner over there. Yeah, dude. I've seen way too many Pornhub videos that start off just like that. So I'm not about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's stepmom. So it's fine. Right? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, you got to. You got to give this a rewatch. When you rewatch it for the second time, you're going to pick up on so many little things. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't even. I mean, I feel like I actually will rewatch it for sure, because Michelle, I don't think she would be 100 percent down with watching a lot of it. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I'm like, ooh, this is fucked up enough for I'm like going to sit there and watch her the entire time. Like, yeah. Like, oh, wait till she sees this. Yeah, this is a fun movie to watch with somebody who's never seen it before. And you're just like, oh, and here comes the part where she saws her head off. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So going back to it, Gabriel Byrne was Steve Graham, who is a psychiatrist in the film. And so it's like, let's ham that element of of it more. But did you fuck boys catch? Obviously, he's in the usual suspects. Big fan. But he's in the end of days as Satan. And then he's in Stigmata as a priest. Do you remember how they introduced him as Satan in End of Days? (laughs) I remember a lot of things about that movie. Like... The devil like predators into him. Yeah. And then he goes out and like makes out with some girl in the restaurant, like grabs her titty and then just leaves and blows up the restaurant. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you say titty one more time? Titty. That's going to be my new uh, text ringtone. I'm going to be in court and my phone's going to be like titty. Titty. (laughs) It's like titty, but with a southern twang. I like it. Yeah. Throw a little stank on it, you know? You don't want this smoke. Pepper, pepper that stink on it. <laughs> Just a little bit. Say when. So do we have nicknames for Tony? Did we go over that? Oh, was, for me, it was uh, milk. milk. I don't know if you guys did. I didn't have any good ones for uh, for uh, Annie. I was going to call her Annie. Are you okay? I feel like we've used hey, okay, that before. Good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, and then and she's what? not okay. <laughs> Very much not. Okay, Gerard Way, calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did we have one? I saw for- him live at Warped Tour one year. Oh, the chubby version? Huh? Uh, it was album the second album to come out. He was wearing a bulletproof vest and a white face with a black thing across his head. It looked like uh, the girl from Blade Runner, the original one. Oh, cool, Pris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I I trust hey, before me. We stray, I know I have a tattoo. Before for we it. stray too far away, I keep thinking about uh, Ari Aster's next movie. It should be Ernest Summons Payment. Yes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I want to see that movie. Okay, he, I had to say it. Okay. He's gouging his own eyes out. He's like, you know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> oh, we miss you, Jim. Oh, rim shot. <laughs> yeah. Did we have a nickname for the dad before we move on? Uh, Y'all might remember Bowfinger. Yes. Bowfinger, I sure. love that movie. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you remember uh, Kit Ramsey's name was Keep It Together. Keep It Together. Kit. Yeah. Keep It Together. That's what I kept thinking every time I see him on the, the screen because he's just trying to keep everything together. I love that. failing horribly. So I just kept calling him Kit. Keep It Together. I, keep It Together. I feel bad for this dad. He's. Do you ever like see the married dad out in public with his kids and he's just been beaten the fuck down by life? He's just like, oh, whatever you say, honey. Yeah, let me give you my business card. Okay. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do, do we want to just call him Cuck Boy? Oh, sure. 
I know he's uh, he's Irish. There's maybe there's something in there, dude. Homeboy uh, didn't start acting until he was 29 years old. That's crazy. And didn't come to the U.S. Yeah, but until he's been 37. in like a million films. I know it's, it's like red. Michael Jordan when he started to play baseball. <laughs> right. It took the world by storm. <laughs> yeah, I just Number imagine 45. Space Jam, but with the starting of Gabriel Byrne doing like Othello, and then all of a sudden a bunch of poorly animated creatures show up and steal his acting <laughs> ability. They all can't be winning. I ideas guys i'm sorry but yeah oh, I, no, man. we'll call him captain <clears throat> Cuckboy mcg alex wolf right. was peter graham annie's and steve's 16 year old son uh smoky mcpot himself the guy who actually knew uh, millie shapiro from their actually both went to the same professional skilled children's school quote i basically decided that for this movie i was going to from the second i got to utah i was going to just be peter for three months and then he went on to say i don't think you can go through something like this and not have some sort of ptsd afterward so i mean i'm gonna go out on a limb and say some of this shit's self-inflicted when you're like volunteering to slam your face into a desk and jump out of an attic window maybe you would have had something ptsd in your past before the acting job well he said he went full method for this and everybody on set called him peter and on the last day he introduced himself as alex or whatever his name is yeah <laughs> so yeah he could be method man all he wants i prefer red man anyway so that's just my two cents uh, i think we just found his nickname method man. Method, method man method man i like it <laughs> yeah and then he does uh, good in this uh, yeah and going back to his whole film school roots he was very superstitious about like you know you can't say macbeth and so ari aster was like okay come on i can say macbeth and then a light bulb burst on the as they were shooting so that's a pretty fun little anecdote maybe payman did it who knows oh theater kid right yeah <laughs> And then we had Millie Shapiro as Charlie. She said that she defined horror as anything that makes someone look behind them and realize what it is to be alive. Very profound from somebody who's too young to vote. Okay. Okay. I know she acts in the or acted in the Broadway version of Matilda. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Call her Reading Rainbow. Can I uh, <laughs> can I can I throw a nickname out there? Oh yeah, sure. Actually, I'd like to see if I can throw in in the chat here. Well, I don't know if it's gonna work. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. I was Give gonna call that. her. Here is one. Here's where Brian does this. I was gonna call her the poster child, as in she gets hit with a post. Oh, her child. Okay. So do you that. guys? Do you guys see the chat? You you see that image? Uh, yeah. We're seeing a, a girl. She's glowering. Okay, <clears throat> and then here is the other, and I would like to call her. Ben Askren. Ben Askren. Jen. Jen Askren. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, I mean, look at her face. Look at his face. They're like super similar in features. I don't know. Holy shit, you're right. She does look like Ben Askren. Does she have cauliflower ear too? Please tell me she's got cauliflower ear. Yeah, she got masvidal by that fucking telephone pole. (laughs) Oh, a world record. Are her next three movies going to flop horribly and then she's going to retire? Yeah, when it's it's inconvenient after talking a tremendous amount of shit for what yeah. a, a decade it's like fuck your movie <laughs> yeah i'm all about it jen Askren. it is we had ann dowd as joan 
who was the support group lady. Uh, I don't. Do you think that she needs a nickname? She's just Joan, right? I just called her Karen. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. And Ari Aster <laughs> is the voice of the guy who's like, hey, just checking in, making sure that everything's okay with the project. And then Kathleen Chalfon was the Ellen Tapper Lee, who's grandma. And here's some like clues as to what's going on with her. It's said that she, in the, or the eulogy, that she had dissociative identity disorder or split personality disorder. And yeah. that kind of gives clues to her being possessed. Her son, who kills himself, accuses her of trying to put people into his body. And then you have the husband who starved himself to death. So it seems to be that she's just trying to like, you know how you guys are all men. As men, you try to fling your dick <laughs> into any woman. She's trying to fling this demon dick into any man, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, much like the text message that Peter got earlier said, bring your dick. She wanted to make sure everybody had a dick involved <laughs> at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So shall we get into the slay by play, gentlemen? Absolutely. Let's do it. Starts off at the funeral. And yeah, one thing that stood out to me about this funeral was the portrait of the grandma almost looks alive. Like I, I was right away. I was like super unsettled. I was like, Ugh, I don't like it. And the tone of the funeral is weird. It's like none of the family's sad. So, of course, Charlie's just like drawing something, just like drawing portraits of everybody around the room, not caring at all that her grandma's dead. <laughs> well, yeah, and Peter looks unaffected too. And I don't know, something's just off. But And what's interesting too is so her death is calculated as a means to start Peter's descent into madness. And you can see just how disaffected he is at this point and how he starts to withdraw from here. So it's kind of interesting because he, he starts off from literally like no fucks given to like all the fucks given. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he, he's kind yeah. of thrust into the fucks. <laughs> That's actually usually yeah. how that starts. <laughs> hey, am I right? So, but like the best part though is to me that it was when um she goes up to the, I'm sorry, when Charlie goes up to the dead grandma and then that weird, weird guy in the corner is just like glaring at her with this huge creepy smile. Don't you see his dick later? Yeah, you do yes. see his dick later. Yes. In the moonlight. Yeah, thankfully it's not Charlie and him in the same room with him and his dick because that would just no, be, well. Exactly. <laughs> it's just Tony Clitt, him, and I guess, do you want to dance on the devil That's with the pale moonlight? movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we got we got um after the funeral yeah after the funeral basically shenanigans happen you find out that she's really working on this miniature that goes and kind of is very autobiographical and you see like the weird one where it's her trying to breastfeed and then the mom's like whipping out her titty and it's interesting because it like reinforces <laughs> with a visual how these things have affected her like she'll allude to something and then it's a, a visual cue for it like you know when it talks about her mom having died it, it cuts to the hospital and stuff and so from there basically we go straight to that party where you got peter who's like hey everybody like i want to go to a party and his mom's like you ain't gonna suck that dick of the evil devil's water is you and he's like no and she's like then great take your sister hey one thing about this party i think this is the most unrealistic part of this movie what high school party have you ever gone to where there's kids baking a cake right dude yeah and that wasn't store-bought either actually. when i when i first saw this i was expecting obviously there was nuts involved and it had <laughs> not those nuts hey. and <laughs> murder nuts and yeah so she's allergic to them but i was also thinking maybe they were going to be uh, like a special brownie or a special cake oh i'm sorry <laughs> there's that. gonna be like some weed because there's like a lot of fucking references to people smoking weed and bombs yeah, and everything yeah. else you i know? love the idea of a stone demon king in a child's body being like <laughs> have you ever noticed when you 
It's like it's. <laughs> hey, speaking of smoking weed, um, so when Peter is smoking weed under the bleachers and a kid with the man bun passes him the bowl, man bun kid later appears in the treehouse kneeling. So Ooh. he was like a part of the the cult as well. Do you see his wiener too? No, no wiener. Okay, good. For I don't you. know if his pubes are in a little man bun too, but I don't know. I feel like I see <laughs> like, a little. I, like I, I, I feel like, like I see a little little disappointment in Phil's eyes right now. A little bit. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> No, but I'm telling you, man, <laughs> upon rewatch, there's going to be all sorts of shit where you're like, oh, fuck. Like wieners. Oh, oh my God, dude. So many wieners. <laughs> <laughs> also, the interior of this house looks like a Puff Daddy music video. Did anybody catch that? Like, oh, it yeah. It's all white and plastic <laughs> everywhere. I was like, God. It was like World's <laughs> End where they're like in this fat ass mansion. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like everybody's richer in the whole world than I am. Is Utah really like this? Maybe I should go there. It's pretty nice. I'll be honest. I've, so I have a vacation all, there. <laughs> all the interiors were built on a soundstage. Like the exterior of the house is in Salt Lake, but they built all that shit. Isn't it weird to it's think that they, they shot an exterior where he's picking up a little girl, getting into a shitty car and driving away. But then what they shot on the inside was in LA, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's just a very odd situation. Yeah. The credits even had a New York film crew somewhere. I was like, what part of this movie was shot? or edited or did anything in New York. Hey, yeah. I'm possessing here. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have anything like New York rats. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess uh, you got to talk about the scene that most people remember from this movie. He's leaving the party and Charlie has an allergic reaction. Oh, by the way, the room Peter goes into, there's kids sitting on the bed watching a movie on an iPad and you see a beheading on the movie they're watching. They're watching like Faces of Death or something? Or? It's like some black and white movie that high school kids would never be watching. But Are they watching Unchin Andalu? Is that what they're doing? Who knows? Probably. <laughs> That's another little detail. But yeah. yeah, Charlie eats the nuts and they have to leave the party and Charlie gets that pole. Yeah, she has, a, she has a bad night. <laughs> yeah. She, the pole that has Payman's symbol on it. So, yeah, you know, this is one of those things where it gets a little bit Sherlock Holmes for me where I'm like, oh, it's just so like conveniently put together. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're Machiavellian scheming, like the idea that she would put her head out of the car at that moment and that yeah. side of the car instead of the other side of the car, it gets a little bit frustrating. And so sure. in moments like that, I really want more supernatural because people are too fucking stupid to actually pull something off that meticulously, in my humble opinion. Yeah, everything really had to fall into place for that. It kind of reminds me, you remember Scary Movie 2, where that guy was like, if I hadn't yeah. driven that car and drank in that entire bottle of uh, whiskey, uh, then nobody ever would have died that night. Exactly. Well, I, one other little detail. There is a deer placed in a deer carcass placed in the road in front of the telephone pole. So that kind of made them swerve a little That's bit a to point. increase their chances of her. But still, the odds of that happening. Now, where's that deleted scene with Joan saying, hey, hey, kids, you know, everybody needs some uh, chocolate cake. <laughs> everybody needs chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. How did she eat yeah. the nuts to begin with? Did somebody plant the, the chocolate cake? I just love to think that like Joan was at the party but like dressed up like a kid and used a slingshot to like <laughs> fling a walnut in the back of her throat. <laughs> Joan is essentially Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> so basically after his sister's head gets ripped off, he, he Peter is just like, all right, well, she's dead. I can tell and drives home and just goes to bed. And then you hear the gut wrenching scream of Tony Collette yes. when she stumbles onto everything. 
Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard that kind of scream in person, but if you do, you don't forget it. And that's a real thing. Like they call that like the death scream, like that gut wrenching. Oh, man, that scene is so fucking powerful. I thought. And when she's on the floor, just crying and saying that she wants to die. Like I that's what I, this movie is really good. It's just yeah. too yeah. much. <laughs> You know, I yeah, remember I mean, when I saw that in theaters, I was like, okay, we're playing for keeps now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. It's that kind of movie. Holy it's shit. Like, the entire time you're sitting there watching her just like rack herself over in pain. And all I can think to myself is, how does Peter feel right now? Right. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. as much pain as his mom's in, like, okay, yeah, but I'm the one that was driving. So, yeah, well, <laughs> he was just in shock, you know? Yeah, I'm going to be haunted forever. Yeah, really. And then it jumps to, if I'm not mistaken, like the dinner scene, which I thought was really well acted. Yeah, like Peter she, and his mom. Sorry. Yeah. She yeah, does that, a killer I, job with the, you know, when she yells about his face on his face. You know, yeah. It's a really <laughs> good, well delivered line because it is purposefully written to be so like bereft of cleverness and wit. Like it's meant to be like angry and just the first thing that she thought to say. And she does such a good job. Like everything she does in this movie is done like earnestly. And you could see how mm. some of the things could just be really dismissive. Like you could see how that like support group scene that she has after this could be oh, just yeah. viewed as being like hammy or like s overly silly. And she, everything she does is just like, like I said, she's a milk. I want to just like rub my hand <laughs> on her back and be like, it's going to be okay. Here's a, a coupon for some Froyo. Calm down. Yeah, again, it's everything that she does is really believable in the point where she just gets so flabbergasted to where she's just like your face on your fucking face. And you're like, I can I can relate and be like so mad at something that you say something. And then you're just like, why did I even say that? Because you're just seeing red and yeah. you just you don't really pay attention to what the fuck you're saying. It just comes out. Yeah, you're not really eloquent when you're that kind of angry. And there's all this anger and grief at the same time. It's pretty rough. And then Peter comes back at her. It's like, it wasn't my idea to bring her to the party, was it, Mom? Oh, yeah, oh. dude. Like That's like some fucking shade right there. And he that's was like, like, uh, like he basically said, I gotta get your fucking shine box, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that scene is so good. Well, then if she yeah. had anything to say back, he could also be like, well, she wouldn't have died if she hadn't been born. How about that, Mom? Only yourself <laughs> yeah. to blame. Yeah, he didn't even want me. So why do you want to bring another one in here? Crazy, right? No races. <laughs> so as we yeah, like mentioned, I she ends up going to grief counseling and everything. She delivers yet another amazing monologue. Or no, wait, sorry. She's already done the grief counseling for her mom. She, then she goes yes. back to do it for her kid. And then that's where she meets mm -hmm. Joan in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Which to Phil's point, on like some of the fun details, you could see like there's pamphlets and literature from this whole seance shit in her mail, but she's so grief stricken she's not looking at it. So they have been trying and it's kind of fun to see them fail at like their Machiavellian scheme. Like, you know, they pulled off a decapitation with a piece of wood, which is pretty amazing, but they couldn't get somebody to read their mail. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm sorry. Did you say that you she met her in the parking lot? So would you want to call her Joan of Parking Lot? <laughs> Joan of Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We re retract. What was her nickname? Karen. I think oh, it was Karen, okay. basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, then, you know, they develop a friendship and, you know, scenes later, Annie meets Joan in the parking lot again. 
it's a theme, mm-hmm. Joan of Park, <laughs> and she gets her to, you know, she lures her over and says, I had a seance. You got to come check it out. You got to come check it out. And this was like listening to Jason try and get Phil to watch a horror movie that he saw on, you know, some weird Korean website. And it's like, yeah, not uh-huh, gonna happen. nope. But then she still <laughs> goes. Yeah. It almost felt like she was trying to pitch a uh, like a pyramid scheme to her. It's like, yes. come on, Sensi. All right, Sensi. It smells good. You put it in there and you can be a millionaire. All you have to do, you've got all the tools. You make as much yeah, as you it's work. It's like the girl that gets really into crystals. And it's like, yeah, okay. That's cool. Like, you can make $10 million a day working at home <laughs> without pants on. Pyramid schemes. It's hilarious because now that you know people aren't working their day job, and all these people have said for the last ten years you can make a million dollars a day working from home, and it's like, okay, well, where are all the millionaires who are working from home? Yep, no yeah, shit, it's true. <laughs> but I do like the uh, the seance scene. I thought all that shit was really effective. Yeah, what I really like about that scene is how Annie does exactly what I would do anytime something like this happens where she goes and looks underneath the table because she's like, nah, fuck that. That No, that where doesn't that make that. Exactly, exactly. Which actually coincidentally, right? They, I think they put a magnet in the chalk. Yep, that's so correct. So that's how it was written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and going also, back to my Insane Clown Posse references earlier, magnets, how do they work? How do they work? How do they were yeah <laughs> it's all around you don't even know it. also her kid's name is uh louie her grandkid's name was louie and this is just a me thing whenever i meet a louie every they immediately just go dun 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 <laughs> oh, God. that's all i can think of for the next like, if we're out in public i know we meet a louie just know in my head i'm just singing that song over and over again <laughs> i'll make a mental note of yeah. <laughs> you see if it were me i'd want to go up to him and ask where Huey and dewey were oh there you go that's another good one and that's another theme song that stuck in my head for the rest of this. So I appreciate it, Jake. Well, do you think that, um, uh, fuck, Karen, what's her name? Um, Joan of Park. So she said that her son and grandson died? That yeah. they drowned. Okay, uh, so do you think that she was trying to, you know, get I think she was trying to summon payment. Yeah. yeah so hmm. do you think this is definitely company? something that came through yeah. my mind. Yeah, possibly. I didn't even think about that. Maybe they're just like uh, breeding a lot so they can finally find one man child. That so, is yeah. totally possible. Yeah. yeah. So what else do we got after the seance? We got slashers. Woo. Sorry, <laughs> I was waiting for a chance to rile up Jason. Uh, but, it's stuck in my head now. Yeah. Then you have Tony Collette taking, you know, the seance back to her house and being like, yo, everybody in our family needs to be right here. And oh, Charlie, come say hi. And what's really interesting is what Charlie does is it, it's not cohesive and clear and simple. And, you know, it's not a clear communication like with Louis because she's had this like basically developmental block because from her infancy, she has not been herself. She's been possessed by payment. And so it's not payment who's talking there. It's Charlie. And so these really emotional, like gnarly drawings and stuff like that are there. But there's no like language. There's no clear message. And I think it's really effective as a way of showing you know, evoking a sense of emotion without actually having an actress there to portray it. Yeah. And when Tony Collette starts, uh, Charlie starts speaking through her. That's so fucking creepy. It's good. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's really interesting. It's really yeah. interesting how they actually mix like their voices together. So you can kind of hear Tony Collette's voice, but you can also hear Charlie at the same time. So it's like that weird little demonic sound that has like the, the Latin coming through in the English kind of thing you know yeah and i like by this point they've already established that annie's not necessarily a credible like narrator or anything because she's had her own issues 
like mental illness and the idea that like, you know, she was standing over their bed with paint thinner or what yeah. have you, Brian. Was it gasoline or was it paint thinner? No. <laughs> paint thinner. It was depleted uranium, you uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> and so and yeah, at this point, yeah. Gabriel Byrne is really just over it. Yeah. For the most part. Like he's like, cause he's getting phones, phone calls from the cemetery every once in a while. And you don't really know what that's all about. And then she's like lost it at this point. And even she kind of comes through for a second. She's like, none of this actually happened. Uh, Peter is like bawling his eyes out. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was like good crying or bad crying. Well, like acting wise? Yeah, acting wise. I was like, this is kind of weird. But then have you uh, ever seen a 17 year old boy cry? Like, it's really awful. Yeah, not in a while. No, it's, well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, there, yeah, there were a couple times uh, where I was like, is he good or? Like, he, when he's like screaming, like emoting, like that <clears> kind of thing, he's good. But some of the tears, I felt a little forced in spots. Like, when he screams at the end of the movie and then jumps out of the window, like, his scream is a little, don't try that again. <laughs> it was like, ah! <laughs> See what I mean? Like, he's definitely of the school of acting where it's like, if I'm loud and crying, I'm acting. And it's like, nah, the, 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 you can see this kid's got talent like there's no question about sure. that but then there's like tony collette who's like uh, like just a galaxy ahead being like no this is how you actually make somebody feel fuck all yeah exactly and so she tries to destroy well actually at this point she keeps like going further and further into madness she's only able to sleep if she's in the treehouse and basically her husband has like a moment where you could see he's still fucking sick of all this shit but he's trying to help where he's like you know basically don't get out of bed stop doing this bullshit she's like well I'm still gonna do this bullshit so see ya and things just yeah. keep getting worse and then she tries to burn the sketchbook and she bursts into flames while he's just sitting there napping which to Brian's point earlier that did make me go like huh I wonder if all this is fake yeah yeah I didn't see it's, it's really confusing I've got a it's not it happens a bit later with the, the other one that she does finally throw it in the uh the fire i guess i still have some issues with that scene i love but it because she's like she has this look on her face this like piety and she's like selflessly like i'm going to sacrifice myself for my family and then her husband the love of her life bursts into flames and she's like ah oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great i was like but why i still don't understand why he caught on flames though, yeah I, honestly i feel like it's essentially again going back <laughs> to you not really knowing truly if she's just mentally unstable or if she's possessed because she's thinking okay well i'm going to sacrifice myself by you throwing this book in and you can see that she actually poured a little bit of the lighter fluid on the book mm -hmm. did she though or did she douse her husband and at well, the same time it's off camera yeah and at he, the same time it, yeah yeah at the same time he's just like okay this is fucking crazy so is it him saying this is crazy because he's doused in gasoline and he's like this needs to stop <laughs> Or is it because she has is handing the book to him and she is saying, okay, we need to throw the book away and then I will burst into flame. So you don't really know if you were to believe that she's sacrificing herself or if she's just dousing him in gasoline and saying, I'm going to burn myself. And he's like, you're fucking crazy. And then she throws the book in, but essentially she's basically just lighting him on fire. I don't think he was covered in any sort of gasoline or paint thinner or whatever. Mm. I, I feel like he would have been a little more urgent if, I mean, if you woke up and you were covered in gas. And well, so near, right? we're talking about because uh, when she gets her book, he, she, she like puts it down and you hear her yeah. uh, pour gasoline on the book. And so, and so here's the thing also, oh, yeah. you're also kind of looking, obviously it shows both of them in frame, but it almost seems like you're looking at this 
through her perspective. So she can clearly see her giving him a book doused in gasoline. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's him covered in gasoline saying, what yeah. the fuck? This yeah. is crazy. Right. So oh, exactly. Like, I get what you're saying. You know, like she's definitely an unreliable narrator, like uh, like Jake just said. Like maybe there wasn't really a book. Maybe she lit him on fire to start with. Well, either way, I love this scene. I think it's beautifully shot and like the just the the image of him going up in flames. Like, oh. <laughs> like they showed that in the trailer, like a split second. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the trailer where the kids were watching the little kids movie and then somebody got you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Charbroiled. <laughs> there was another Gabriel Byrne on the Bobby. <laughs> so then, so then you have Peter, <laughs> who wakes up and he's just like, "Well, this is fucking weird. It's super quiet out. Let me try and find mom and dad." And I don't know Too how many quiet. times he was like, "Mom, dad, <laughs> mom, <Mama>? dad." <laughs> Oh, so this is when he sits up on the bed and... You see that spider walk. Well, you see Tony Collette in the corner of the room. You guys saw that, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that they're like, I didn't notice that. That's the, like more first- of that because that stuff was really effective. Like when the shit starts to hit the fan, you're like, oh, okay, cool. But like That's yeah. the rest of the movie isn't delivered in as much of a... Like her husband's a fucking psychiatrist. So there are so many opportunities before that to make it be like, oh, we are witnessing her descent into madness. She's crazy Ver, you know it doesn't do enough of that to where the payoff is like only at the end like i wish that it was just supernatural throughout and with the practical effects they did you can't tell me that the budget was the reason like you know scuttling and stuff like that is relatively cheap to do yeah yeah, yeah. i honestly that was one of the better parts of the movie i feel like is just the subtlety of her like scuttling on the wall and it's not something that's just like thrown in your face where you're just like oh okay obviously she's completely possessed by a demon or just completely off a rocker it's different in comparison to like later on when he locks himself up in the attic and she is like pounding her head on the ceiling over and over again which i feel like is almost just a little too reminiscent of like exorcist and i just found it a little too over the top or the old lady from legion that's what that reminded me of when she's slamming her head yeah yeah exactly I still need to watch that movie. So doesn't she, unless I'm mistaken, doesn't she fly across the room? Yeah. She flies out of Peter's room? No, I thought she she was scuttling I'm pretty sure she's like floating across the room. Well, I know for sure she floats at the end when she's dead. But I I think that it's a, I think, I thought it was scuttling at the beginning. And then later on when she's like stabbing herself with the knitting needles in the neck and stuff, then she's floating uh, because that's what she's trying to decapitate I don't think that's knitting needles. That was a piano wire. That was piano wire. Oh, because I knew she was cut like yeah, she was cutting her head off. Like I thought she was stabbing. It like it. That. Oh, I yeah. thought she was stabbing yeah. one side and then another. And I was like, yeah, Jesus, you know more effective ways really to cut have, your head off. They don't really have the effect done like to the point where you can tell that it's piano wire. It actually took me a second to figure it out because it does look like she's almost stabbing her neck back and mm-hmm. forth. But you actually look at like the fucked up piano and the you know when Peter's walking around and you're like, oh, okay, you know what? That makes a little more sense. Yeah. So after she. Um, flies or skedaddles out of the room either one to be um, determined yes yeah, so for me like there's no jump scares in this movie but this is like the closest thing to one when peter walks downstairs sees his dad you see naked guy in the corner 
Chilling. smiling creepily, which ugh, gives me the fucking <laughs> heebie-jeebies. And then Tony Collette like lunges at him from out of the corner. Yeah, that part I was like, "Oh fuck me!" Shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you hear a growl whenever Tony Collette lunges at him. Now I don't know if that was the score, but if you go back and listen to it, you hear like an audible, like a monster growl for a split second. Which nice little touch. Yeah, thought. hell yeah. 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 And then they run upstairs up to the attic, which the attic wasn't down before when Peter was walking down. So it's almost, almost like, like they're leading him. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, when he runs up into the attic, the attic door like shuts behind him way faster than he could have. Also, the closer. audio is off a little bit on her banging the head on the wall. <clears throat> really? Yeah. I watched that. Hmm. I noticed that this time. I've okay. seen it. I think I've seen this the third time I've watched it. Okay. Um. And yeah, the audio is off a little bit on that, but it's still pretty effective. Do you think it's meant it's to so be deliberate because it's so like unnerving and you know supernatural to a certain extent? Sure. Yeah. I didn't think about it. Yeah. So he is inside the attic and he happens upon the spot where his grandma was laying for a while. And you can tell that, you know, something was there that looks like a cadaver and his picture is there and its eyeballs are, are, you know, ripped out. And did you guys happen to catch that? Apparently they were talking about having extra footage uh, where at the end he essentially rips his eyeballs out. Yeah, and dude. Like, oh, I, no. I mean, I heard that and apparently test audiences didn't like it or something. And so I don't know. I'd be out. all for it, but nah. yeah. Yeah, I read an inclusion of the language. Less is more. Sure. Yeah. You don't need it. No, you really don't. Not at that point. There's already lots of naked cultists in there screaming help high so, dead head. So he, he sees the picture and then it goes to Annie, are you okay? Up, <laughs> like floating in the air and she's working at her neck basically and, and trying yeah. to fucking take her Quite neck disturbing. off the piano wire, man. She's doing like the old school fucking mafiosos. Remember exactly. when they like huh. take, like be like behind somebody in a car and then they yeah. like turn their car on and then they just like whisper something in their ear and like fucking saw their neck <laughs> off with piano wire. Yeah. You ever seen Audition? Oh, yeah, uh, we should just saw yeah, this yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, foot yeah. off. Yeah, the foot yeah, comes yeah. off the exact same she, way. She, she's like, tee, 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 tee. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a fucking crazy movie. Yeah, it is. So you have a floating Tony Collette fucking body that disappears from the attic, and you see the light turn on in the treehouse, and he watches as her body floats up into the treehouse. And, and apparently one of the powers that payment gives you is the power of flight. So that's right. Right. And of course, this is this is after the fact where he's like freaks out and jumps out the window. And yeah, I mean, there it is. Cool. <laughs> and, and like, I feel like he would have maybe been a little more fucked up than he is. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is the end of the movie. Maybe we want to yeah. spend he's, our budget on something else. He's actually dead at that point, according to Ari Aster. At yeah, the, you can see a shadow leave his body and Payman enters his body, the little orb of light. Oh, oh interesting. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I saw this movie in theaters and when Tony Collette's uh, body floated up to the treehouse, they were like a huge, everybody will bust out laughing in the movie theater. Because it's like I the fucking that. X-Files for Christ's sake. I wanted to be like, da, 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 da. You know what it reminded like, there me were, like, of? Several spots it, around. You know it. what it reminded me of between her up in the attic and floating up into the treehouse was in Beetlejuice. Oh, <laughs> I just imagine. Shake, shake, shakes and all that. Oh, yeah. Shake it all the time. <laughs> I kind of dug the levitation. I thought it was cool. And also like how all the sound cuts out and all you hear are crickets. It's like kind of peaceful. It's, I don't know. Kind of dig it. Yeah. 
So he climbs up. Apparently, he didn't get the fucking levitation powers that she did. And he didn't get the dicks out memo. What's that all about, right? Why is he fully clothed? He's climbing the stairs like some fucking peasant, right? When he's clearly like a a god. He's like, "Uh, I'm payment. Heard of me? Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal around here. So he he goes up into the treehouse and you see the statue that has Charlie's basically like fucking ripped off head and it's really kind of reminiscent to me at least of what you see kind of in midsummer right i mean this is obviously before midsummer but like with the whole like bear thing it's almost like the shrine right oh yeah oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, especially when they're like burning everybody in the fire at the yeah, end of that barn. exactly yeah exactly. and there are multiple different like you know odes or you know totems if you will like even when charlie's making that one doll that's yellow you end up seeing it in joan's apartment later and that kind of you know diy like idolatry it it seems to be a pervasive theme in these two movies yeah all that folk art that they're they're making a lot of exactly yeah 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 and so then and then so (laughs) then you have joan of park who essentially like dubs him as Payman, but also Charlie. And it's kind of neat. So you see that it's essentially like they got rid of. So I was reading this earlier. So you have Charlie as a sacrifice. And when you cut off the head, from what I recall reading, you were getting rid of the ego. And so you're taking the the brain and all of the thought process of Charlie and you're transforming that into Peter's body, but with Payman's um, intellect or, you know what I mean, his ego instead. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. So you see all the naked cult members upstairs. You see Man Bun Kid again. Yeah. There's like I a think, few other. There's a couple people in the back that are actually dressed for some reason. I don't know. Maybe they have a little bit of modesty for those for that cult members. <laughs> uh, They're like, dude, yeah. I didn't trim for this. Come on now. <laughs> you said it was gonna be Tuesday, and now it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, treat- they just say they just. You just hear them say praise payment. Pray, pray, yeah. Payment, praise payment. Well, yeah. She, or uh, hail Joan, yeah. Joan delivers that whole uh, epilogue of basically. I, you know, she's telling the audience essentially uh-huh. that you are payment. Now that you uh, prepare for uh, riches, uh, you will bestow us on with all these riches and stuff. She's uh, like, you got the juice now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to suck that dude. Oh, thick old 19 inch foot long. Yeah. Also, uh, now, uh, know, if I may, I have to interject. When I say 19 inch foot long, I'm not talking about 19 <laughs> inches being a foot. I'm talking about 19 inches around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's basically lugging around a trash can. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Jonah Park. I'm going to park this around back. <clears throat> Oh no! <laughs> There's like a one of those Gatorade balls. You see that they oh, the coaches at the NFL. Oh my god! You mean a water cooler? <laughs> a water cooler. Yeah. A Gatorade bottle they dump on. They the say Gatorade, <laughs> and it's Gatorade. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just the weird sports things that they do with that space <laughs> thing. It's late at night. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So they start chanting Hell Payment, which have you guys seen Rosemary's Baby? Yes. Okay. Hell Satan. Hell exactly. Satan, which is basically a mirror image of that movie, which isn't bad. I, I like the ending of this movie. I think it's uh, kind of nihilistic and it's like, yeah, yeah I'm all deal with it. it. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of like yeah. those, you know, the world's going to end movies like The Omen and stuff. So the ending definitely like that's the thing. It was such a sweet spot where it's just like if the whole movie was that i would definitely like the movie a lot more 
but the family drama stuff was just I don't know that like family drama is way more painful for me to watch than like excruciating gore where people's eyes are being stabbed with glass and stuff you know what I mean it's just like because I've lived through it I've lived those awkward dinners I've been called the devil you know all that fun stuff so to see the other stuff it's the more intriguing part to me I think yeah I agree and I think um, at the core that's why this movie is so unsettling like yeah, I can watch, you know, a slasher movie and be entertained and it's fun, but there's not many movies that kind of tap into that the trauma and just I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's movie got real. <laughs> it's definitely something I feel like certain individuals can relate to as far as being relatable. Right. Mm-hmm. So and and that's what's truly horrifying, right? It's not something that where you're like, oh my God, there's a girl that's crawling on a wall because that's totally believable. It's something that everybody deals with within their family at one time or another. And that's just the tragic loss of life. So Yeah. And also you, like the way people around you deal with that loss and yeah. uh Yeah, the, exactly. And that's what that's what's truly horrifying. So, yeah. Um so you guys ready to get into the nitty gritty and, and do like the whole classic trashic or tragic i mean i i almost am certain phil is gonna give me uh a classic but i mean <laughs> go ahead phil uh, wait wait what am i doing classic trashic or tragic classic is good good trashic is good yeah. bad and tragic is bad bad oh yeah of course okay classic i love this movie a fucking plus i don't want to watch it for oh at least six months because you know what i'm glad i've talked about this movie because i can now exercise it from my brain because it's been stewing in there for the past few days which is not healthy jason what about you yeah i love this movie though i give it a classic too you know it's a it's probably you know in this new cycle of horror movies is i guess the uh post horror or elevated horror it's probably one of the bigger ones up there with like the witch uh midsummer to a certain extent you mean you know, the vivich the i'm sorry you yeah, thank you for that <laughs> which is honestly i've been thinking about it today these movies are basically like a more palatable like lars von trier movies kind of thing okay you know yeah i could see that uh, for sure so, you know like antichrist isn't weird you know nobody's gonna enjoy watching william defoe come blood but you can watch you know little kid get her head chopped off like this yeah william defoe can we you talk know. about how good his ass is in that movie though when he's humping on his wife that's pretty fun <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a that is that's also a classic too. When you get to it, uh, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I would also agree with you guys. I think it's a classic as well. I feel like it almost seems like this could have been a novel before a movie. Yeah, I, I would I would go down the road and I would actually read it. I mean, I feel like it'd be a lot more fucked up than the the movie itself because I mean, obviously they're talking three hours of movie time. So if you were to convert that into fucking page form, you're looking yeah. at like a fifteen hundred page book. Uh, and I would be that masochist to actually read it. But yeah, it it has its really good qualities to it, and it nothing was too schlocky and and jump scare for me. To where I'm just like, okay, it seems really cheesy that they did that. Uh, really, it was just the point where she was climbing on the walls and banging her head on on the attic uh, entryway that I feel like was just like, eh, they probably could have done without that. But yeah. other than that, I, I really enjoyed it. 
Here's where I shock Jim. everybody and I actually say it's a classic. It's not my Whoa. cup of tea, but like it's objectively a really good movie. And I I think that I have to add the caveat for all of our fans. Like I'm a cranky dad. Like I I don't have fucking patience for anything in the, anymore cuz like the me- media that I consume, it, I I only get so many hours of me time. So if I like if it's long and paced out, I'm like god damn it, something needs to happen because I miss it. This is my only time for myself. I'm going to fucking uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in a movie like this, I feel this impulsivity where it's like, yeah, I'm sure I'd rather watch something stupid like Jason X, but it's nothing saying this isn't a good movie. Like, objectively, it's well acted. It's well written. It's well performed. The effects are good. For me, I would just like more meat on the bone throughout because mm-hmm. when it is on, it's really good. And I think that would help me just, you know, that would be like a an all-time classic as opposed to, well, this is objectively a good, good movie. Do you yeah. think you'll revisit this soon? Not soon, because I know my wife mm. would watch it, but I could definitely yeah. see myself rewatching this. Like, you know, especially uh, if my kids get older and one of them gets decapitated in a car accident, for sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, one of the things that I really kind of look back on as far as watching this Usually one of the big things that we harp on is having it just be within the golden 90 minute time frame. Yeah. Yeah. For it to be for it to be two hours, there there still wasn't a lot of fat to be trimmed, or at least yeah. from what I, I agree. Yeah, this definitely didn't feel as long as some other movies that we've seen that were much shorter. I'll be honest. Like this was not agonizing. I just felt impatient, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. It's it's definitely a slow burn. It could be a little bit, burn a little bit quicker. But I mean, some people really don't understand how slow burns go from slow burn to boring. I say go slower. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go a little slower. (laughs) I really do want to see the three hour cut someday. I don't know how I can do that, but maybe the Blu-ray or something. I but. think Ari Aster said he didn't really pick care for the three-hour cut either. When really? I was looking at an interview, he said like, uh, this is a d- the definitive cut because mm. the three-hour, it it's just too much. Uh, and even it even loses some of its uh, potency, like the dinner scene. Uh, mm. It said it was much more effective it just being that one dinner scene and not going on and on like it did in the movie. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So, fellas, if you don't mind, tell all of our fans once again where they can find your delightful little show. Well, check us out on Instagram at the Spook House Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, we're on. I'm pretty. I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're on every sort of podcatcher there is out there that yeah. I can that I know. Podcatcher. Anyway. That's what they call them. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on podcatchers. <laughs> <laughs> Catch them all, right? Get I feel like you're advertising like a different podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, you know, find us wherever. We're kind of on sort of hiatus right now. Like I'm moving into a house next week and quarantine. So yeah. things are just kind of up in the air. So we usually do like month themes. So like zombie month or whatever. But right now we're just kind of knocking out whatever we feel like, which is why we did Friday the 13th part six last week. So yeah, because we fucking love that movie. So do I. My favorite installment of the film franchise yeah same here <laughs> yeah it's our favorite too hey we're actually kicking around the idea of saying fuck it and doing earnest scared stupid so if you guys want to come on our podcast oh shit that's one of my favorite movies really? with some ice cold meak okay. <laughs> 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 you thought i couldn't find any <laughs>
And then yeah. you guys have seen Emperor's New Groove, right? Yeah, I have. Yes, have you seen I it? I have not. No. What? It's a good one. It's what, literally a- my wife's favorite movie of all time. Is that a Disney movie? Yeah, so it's one of those like early 2000 Disney movies where they kind of hit a little bit of a speed bump. Uh, I feel like it was Office Wives. <laughs> it was yeah. almost kind of like has the same kind of stylistics of like Hercules. Very, yeah, exactly. very similar. Yeah. Well, Eartha Are you about Kit- to say Hereditary? <laughs> Eartha Kitt is in Ernest Cared Stupid, and she's also Yzma from that movie if you're obsessed with either of them. So one day I'm oh, going to okay. sucker my wife into watching. I think I have Ernest Scared Stupid. I think that's one of the weird DVDs that I have in triplicate for some inexplicable reason. So, Brian, if you need to borrow a copy, I've got you covered. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, gang. Well, this has been a real gay old affair, and I'm not just talking about the fact there's four dicks in the chat room. But hey, no, uh, not enough dicks on the dance floor. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not enough dicks exposed in a decapitated child's treehouse. So with that being said, Brian, is it time to say goodbye to our fans for this week? Goodbye, fans for this week. <laughs> goodbye, Slashers fans. Goodbye. For everyone, my we name is Jake, again. reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> Yay. Dude. That was a long time coming. Uh, As you can tell, we have a very deep camaraderie with Phil and Jason, and we talk, we have a text thread and an Instagram thread, and basically it's all of us just trying to make each other laugh and talk shit about everything that we can. If it were easier, we would probably do just one big show, and that would just be our shows from now on. But time zones suck. Anyway, that being said, please check out our friends. We love them, and we hope you do too. Now, on to more pressing business. We have a special hidden track from Night. N-I-T-E. Jesus titty fucking cum guzzling Christ. I cannot believe how much I love this band. I have probably listened to their debut album, I want to say 15 times, this week alone. <laughs> It's called Darkness, Silence, Mirror, Flame, and it's badass. You can find it at nightmetal.bandcamp.com. They are on Spotify. You're going to have to sift, though. There's a couple other nights, and they're pretty low on the totem, but not in my heart. In my heart's totem, they are the number one NITE band on Spotify, and the other bands can suck butts, wholesale butts. We're talking big, pimply butts. So please check out our friends Night and their song Genesis off their album Darkness, Silence, Mirror, Flame. (laughs) 